You're listening to The Great Groups Podcast. Our goal is to equip small group leaders at Brook Hills and beyond to make disciples through effective group ministry. You'll hear from Jay Gordon, who has more than 30 years of experience in leading church small group ministries. And he'll be joined by Chris Amaro, one of the small group leaders for the Church of Brook Hills. And often, you'll also enjoy interviews with other small group leaders. So, enjoy the commute, and thanks for listening to The Great Groups Podcast. Well, Chris, here we are, episode number 10. What do you think about that? I can't believe it. I really can't. This has blown my mind. So you didn't believe we'd last this long? Is that it? I'm not saying any of that. it's, It's just... Feels like we're just starting. <laughs> yes, and uh, I do have to confess, I'm a little mathematically challenged. This is actually episode eleven, but somebody, in all their wisdom, chose to do an episode zero hmm. just to test. Who episode. could that be? Who would that yeah, be? I don't know. Yes, I yeah. think it was me. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so I got an alert last week that said that uh, congratulations for publishing your tenth episode. And I was going, wait, we hadn't done ten yet. Yeah, yeah. Our <laughs> podcast host was actually looking forward. They they knew we were going to do it. They had confidence in us. So it's a preemptive celebration. <laughs> so anyway, um, for this episode, we're just going to celebrate. We don't even have a theme for today. We just thought it would be a time we would uh, celebrate. Maybe let you guys get to know us a little better. Uh, talk about some things that are on our mind, and and just sort of do a random podcast this time. Chris, what's going on in your life? Well, to be honest, uh, I know in the midst of uh, everything that our society is walking through in Corona and whatnot, um, we are actually still recovering from birthday palooza. (laughs) The month of June at our house is somehow, Lord's will, we had three children in the month of June. Yes. Um, And so it's, it's for a while there, it's every weekend. This past year, it was every weekend was a party for one child. And so by the, by the third time, uh, our parents and in-laws, they were like, hey, it's us again. <laughs> more gifts, more cake, more ice cream. The funniest yeah. part about that is my three-year-old daughter who celebrates her birthday in January. She initially saw it as, oh, everybody's getting gifts but me. But then she saw it as, I get cake and ice cream. <laughs> Three times this month. That makes so, it all worthwhile. Yeah. So That's cool. She's still recovering from the sugar high. Yeah. For what us, about you? Uh, yes, we celebrated, Liz and I celebrated our 35th anniversary this week. Wow. So anyway. That's we, impressive. We, we took a day off and went over to West Alabama. We love driving around, seeing Alabama, looking at old homes. And there's actually a, a POW camp from World War II hmm. over in Aliceville where uh, Germans were held. Actually, 6,000 prisoners came through there. And so wow. there's no longer the camp, but there's the museum there. And I'm kind of a World War II history fan, and uh, it was just really an enjoyable day. But um, anyway, Liz, thanks for hanging in there for 35 <laughs> years. She's the one that really deserves the praise at this moment. I love history. That sounds incredible. Well, what are you reading, Chris? Anything, uh, anything good lately? Yeah, actually, I have two books that uh, my wife and I are both are reading, walking through. Um, The first one, I'll talk about the one that she uh, has been through, and I'm walking through it now, um, is Get Out of Your Head by Jenny Allen, which is an awesome study of Philippians. Um, But the point of it is is to remove this, this inner voice that tries to tear us apart every day when we see the things that are going on with our friends and our job and our career and uh, and even our family life that just feels like it can just tear us apart and put us in a bad thought of frame of mind. Hmm. Um, this book does so much uh, through God's word to just remove that. Um, secondly, I'm also walking through, uh, actually just finished, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. And I got to tell you, if you have ever looked at your calendar 
and said, hmm, I'm not sure how I'm going to finish that, read this book. Yes. I mean, it is such an ins- introspective look at how did I get myself into having so many irons in the fire and, and just feeling like you're overwhelmed. Um, it's such a good, good book. To let the audience know, when we were preparing for the episode just a, a few minutes ago and uh, we were kind of outlining what we would say, Chris mentioned the ruthless elimination of hurry. I couldn't stop laughing for about a minute <laughs> because <laughs> I have been thinking about doing doing an intervention with Chris <laughs> because he has got so many irons in the fire. And, you know, we're recording this podcast about 9 o'clock in the morning, and this is like his fifth event of the day. No. <laughs> so anyway, it was, it. Uh, I'm glad that, that Chris read that book, and maybe it'll be helpful for him. But uh, he says he enjoys everything he does. I do. I do. It, you know, we always say if it feels like work, then you're not enjoying it. So, so true. What about you, Jay? Well, actually, the book I'm in the middle of right now is um, kind of just a recreational read in essence. As I mentioned, I love World War II, and Liz volunteers at the Chelsea Library and found a book called The Last Roll Call, and it's about a B-17 tail gunner during World War II, and it's just uh, really fascinating, and so Hmm. enjoying that. But um, one other book I'd recommend for you guys that I finished is Bold Moves by Craig Etheridge. It talks about making disciples, Hmm. and... Evangelism and discipleship is just, it kind of runs through my blood as far as encouraging others and, and how, to, how to be better at that. And so it talks about how Jesus did it and how we can do it. So Bold Moves by Craig Etheridge is a, is a great book. Very cool, very cool. All right, so I have a question. What is it like doing a podcast? You know, interesting. When we were um, talking about doing this podcast, uh, I didn't know really what it would be like. Um, the scary part, I know I'm not a really comfortable speaker, and so <laughs> there was a lot of fear going into that. But um, well, I'm, I'm laughing because I literally can say go and Jake can talk about anything <laughs> in a split second. Like there's no delay at all. You're just like bam. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it looks different from the inside. And so, you know, that that's why it might be entertaining for you guys to hear what it's like on this side of the mic. But one thing I know is like whenever I'm talking with colleagues or with small group leaders about discipleship, about groups, it's just really fun. And I love participating in the conversation. And what I found out is once Chris and I got started, it's just fun. You know, it's fun mm-hmm. to sit and talk about ministry, but it's a real cool deal when we have guests to hear what's going on in their lives and just, um, you know, see what it looks like from their perspective and how they're leading their groups. Really, really enjoy that. Uh, one thing I've learned about this whole process is is just the the amount of work that goes into post production <laughs> if you allow it. Yes. <laughs> like you can, you can do the post production piece of it. This is I've never done post production on a podcast before, um, and you can get really ingrained into making sure that like every every turn every volume is perfect, and then you realize when you submit it to all the different streams that are out there, um, they're going to normalize things as well, and it's going to possibly not sound like you wanted to. Yes, and and I just want to say publicly, I appreciate Chris and what he does there. We started out with very cheap equipment. We have some stuff picked out, some (laughs) new equipment picked out that we we hope to get to soon, and I hope that'll make his job much easier. But another thing we try to do, one of my goals, is to try to get through the podcast in one straight shot without stopping. And actually, that's one of the things I wanted to say that when you ask what it's like, it is so funny getting started. It seems like once we're into the podcast, Mm -hmm. four or five minutes, we kind of get on a roll and we can fly with it. But 
those first few words out of the gate. Sometimes yeah. it is very entertaining. <laughs> or maybe you can play some bloopers for us at some point, Chris. <laughs> I should because we've got quite a few. Um, you know, some of the some of the things that are that are really funny in those bloopers is just how many times we we stumble over the same words. I can't tell you how many times we've both said Corona, no, 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 no virus. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say too, we appreciate you guys. Uh, many of you out there have have given us some uh, some great feedback and even told us you enjoyed the the podcast we're humbled by that and appreciative of that but um most of you don't even know we had a had a a favorite fan contest going on Mm -hmm. maybe those aren't the right words but um two people that have really given us some uh, encouragement and positive feedback um in fact um i walked by amy hutto a few minutes ago and told her i was headed to Report a, uh, record a podcast, and I said, should we mention our favorite fan contest? And she looked at me and said, absolutely. <laughs> you should tell who the winners are. And so congratulations, Amy Hutto and Dawn Wingard. You yes. have won a free Great Groups podcast T-shirt mm-hmm. as your reward. Yes, and, and seriously, like I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for all of the feedback that you've given because it's uh, truly a blessing to hear. And we mentioned having T-shirts. You can have your very own for only seventy nine ninety five. Oh, that's yes. it's going down in price. That's <laughs> yeah, good. it went down. Yeah, nice. so, um, but we do offer a T-shirt to those who are our guests. And so, um, you know, if, if you're a guest on the podcast, and we hope to include many of our small group leaders, that's mm-hmm. part of what we want to do is just talk to different small group leaders here at Brook Hills. Um, once we hear of somebody doing something well, we want to share that with everybody else. And so... Maybe at that point, you'll get a T-shirt. One of the things, Chris, I thought we would do is talk through some of the podcasts we have done. And um, what's your favorite, Chris? Uh, honestly, I've, I've loved every single one. Um, I've, I've got to go back to, I know we're going to mention this one later, but I've got to go back to our first interview that we did. Uh, for me, it was just a, we had done a couple episodes already, uh, just you and I chatting and talking, um, but when you have guests for the first time and you have that first interview, uh, there's just something about it, it feeling real and the potential mm-hmm. from there. Um, so Nathan and Wendy Parvin, phenomenal time with them. We could have we could have recorded four or five hours yes. <laughs> of them just talking about their experiences. And, um, you know, it's it, it was just a blessing to just be in their presence. Yes. You know, speaking of the podcast, that's one of the things uh, we did a – a poll or survey of our small group leaders before launching into it and found out really the perfect length of a podcast is about 25 minutes. And I just want you to know out there what a challenge it is once you start talking about something to limit it to 25 minutes. By the way, so, where are we at time-wise on this one? <laughs> we're at 1048 right now. All right, we're doing good. We're doing All right, we've, got, we've got plenty of time. So anyway, um, like Chris, I've really enjoyed a lot of the podcasts and you know, we, we have stats on our podcast host, and believe it or not, we've had over 600 downloads in That's the 10 episodes. Blows on mine. So, didn't know where we... Is that we, you in the back, just hitting download? Yes, I, I've, hit, okay. I've hit download 590 times. Well, so, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> yes, that. Yeah, we cause... appreciate the 10 other downloads. <laughs> uh, looking at back, we got, you know, we get stats on every, um, every episode, and it's interesting to look at. One that was an early leader, and one of my favorites was 10 Ways to Kill an Online Meeting. Mm-hmm. I think that was a catchy title, and yeah, a lot of yeah. people want to want to look at that. So, yeah. we... We shared some real experiences there. People pay attention when you mention death. That's right. That's <laughs> right. <say> that. <laughs> um, another uh, podcast that was popular is Together Again, How and When to Bring Groups Back. And 
you know, we've discovered that uh, coming back, little did we know it at the time, but bringing groups back is going to be more challenging than it was being off campus. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we had to go off campus, and there was just one thing to figure out, how to, how to meet online. And now, as we come back, everybody's going to be coming back at different times. We're going to have to figure out hybrid groups, meaning a live group and online for those who are mm-hmm. a little bit slower, and we respect that coming back. And so that, that was a popular podcast because many people are asking those questions. What was our most popular podcast? It was Jim and Betty Warren. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Um, and um, I cheated a little bit with them because I sent a link to the podcast to all of their group members. <laughs> and so that helped the numbers a little bit, maybe. But but still, it was an awesome yeah. podcast. I hope you guys will go and listen to that if you haven't already. Jim and Betty. What a treasure. Yes. They, they start new groups in their home, and they sometimes have up to three groups meeting in their home. And when, the group, uh, when they're ready to start a new group... Um, you know, they don't really kick anybody out. I was interested in how they did that, but mm-hmm. uh, I think the people in the oldest group, so to speak, the one that's been there the longest, kind of gets the idea when Jim and Betty are talking about a new group, and they go, okay, I guess we'll move out of the house now. <laughs> so they're on group like 17, and four, let's see, 15 of those groups have moved out of the house yeah. uh, already, so that's so, awesome. Uh, we had Michael Mickens on as well. That was a, a wonderful experience, uh, just having him and... Uh, talking about uh, just talking about race, racial tension. Uh, it was a, a wonderful time. What's the um, what would you say is the the thing that Michael mentioned that was most impactful for you, or is there anything, Chris, that you remember from that podcast or from from your participation in the Tuesday night groups? Um, just just be willing to live among. I think mm-hmm. is probably the has been a theme that a lot of us ignore. Or are intimidated by, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're, we're we're nervous whether you're white or black, um, or or any other uh, ethnicity. Um, we're intimidated if we don't know anything about the other side, mm-hmm. uh, and so just being willing to live among and to experience and to to share life together, um, the any kind of barrier that's there will break down when you realize that the other side wants to be with you just as much as you want to be with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Michael's conveyed that very well. Um, our Tuesday night meetings have, have obviously conveyed that very well. And so that's just a, that's an impactful change on my heart. Like mm. just, you're always nervous, you know, when, when you're with someone that you don't normally, uh, spend time with just because, because of where we are as a society, there's, there's different circles. Um, and just realizing that that person, just because their skin color is different doesn't mean that they, uh, they aren't willing to, to get to know you and to love you and to share life with you. Right. That's good. Um, I was listening to Saddleback Small Group podcasts uh, the other day, and one of, their, one of the parts of their podcast is what's going on at Saddleback. And so I thought, hey, we normally don't have time for that because we're really into talking with a guest or a certain topic. Today's a little bit looser. Maybe we'll do that on episode 10 and 20 and 30. I don't know. But yeah. um, what's going on at Brook Hills? You know, I was thinking <laughs> some of our listeners even that – may not be a part of Brook Hills. It might be, uh, you might be interested in knowing what's going on. And first thing I want to mention at Brook Hills is um, the month of June, normally uh, we, we have some new elders roll on. And it was delayed a little bit by coronavirus, but Chris Amaro is one of our new elders starting how many days ago? What? 13, 14, 15, right. <laughs> yeah. he's brand new yes, sir. Yes, as sir. an elder at Brook Hills. So congratulations well, on that. Thank you. Thank you. But, um, you know, I, 
I told our uh, our new elders, hey, it is an honor to be an elder, but more than that, it's a lot of work. And mm-hmm. so, uh, Chris, there's yet another thing <laughs> that's that's added. To I'm your looking plate. forward to it. I really am. Uh, it's this has been an awesome process for my wife and I and for our family. Um, just to just to the encouragement that you get out of it um, uh, has been really, really exciting. Um, and I'm, I'm humbled, and uh, I, I can't wait to serve our church in this capacity. I understand there were a few issues on the FBI background check, but other than that, you know, <laughs> everything, everything was good. But um, our elders at Brook Hills, one of their roles is shepherding small group leaders, and so each of our elders, we have a large elder body, and that's one of the reasons is to allow enough elders to actually support and shepherd our small group leaders. And so each elder is assigned, I don't know, probably five to eight maybe mm-hmm. small group leaders to shepherd. Um, another thing that our elders do is uh, do an interview with uh, potential new members of our church. And so those are some of the roles that, that our elders play. I'm yeah. really looking forward to that part. Yes. I can't uh, wait for that. <laughs> you know, one of the funny things Chris and I were talking about earlier is um, – it's uh, it's really one of the things I do too is interview potential new small group leaders. And of course, as an elder, I get to interview new members as well. And um, you know, it's often my role is so busy, and I really need to delegate some things. And I was having a conversation with myself about a month ago, and thinking I really need to offload some of these interviews <laughs> with potential small group <laughs> leaders. But I so love hearing their stories. Mm-hmm. It's just that's a favorite part of my job, and so I'm trying to figure out how to balance that. But it's uh, it's a challenge. I, I think you could do a whole podcast just on those interviews. There's <laughs> yes, so many did. great stories and um, so many ways that those stories can encourage others. Mm. So yeah, and there's so many of them. Just to give you some perspective, and and of course, not just my ministry, but um, we have um, we have some uh, forms software that we do our small group leader application on which comes before the interview, but I think our 20s, 30s ministry uses that, singles ministry, and also our women's ministry uses uses that, but um, we've been using it about five years. Of course, we've crossed the 300 mark as far as the number of small group leader applications that Mm. that have come in and been processed. So anyway, that gives you an idea. It's a lot of interviews, but man, it it sure is is lots of fun. But, you know, another thing at Brook Hills, we're... um, very near moving into a new building that's an education building so to speak first floor will be adult small groups and second floor will be children's ministry which chris works in and mm-hmm. knows a little bit about that looking Absolutely. forward to it i am i am definitely definitely it's it's gonna be really exciting yeah that's cool and um you know the uh, moving date keeps uh if you've ever built a building or a house you know mm-hmm. that you you have in mind when that date is and it's it's a moving date <laughs> yes it is literally a move move in moving uh, moving move in date so yeah. <laughs> that's so true yeah there's some a few supply issues going on this week that we discovered and um i'm about to use that c word that we were oh, talking about how many times we use uh the coronavirus actually has hit some of the uh, work crews oh, here at church and so wow. uh, i understand that a particular crew got pulled off and I guess they're quarantined or whatever for a little bit and mm. you know mm. those kind of things could cause delays but with um, with the coronavirus there's that word again <laughs> we could um, I mean we could actually have the building before we're ready or needed I don't, I don't know you know it's it, it, it feels like it, it 
I mean, when you see the building, you don't realize how fast it's being put together. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's going to be a time where the outside is done and the inside still has a lot of work to do, but, um, yeah, it's, and what a blessing too for, you know, I say this carefully for Corona to have all of us away so that the building could be complete so that yes. when the family comes back. Yes. It actually sped up, uh, because we weren't meeting here on Sunday. Right. The we crew, weren't in the way. <laughs> the, crew, the crews didn't have to get it Sunday ready for us. So. Yeah. Yeah. So that helped out. And um, we have a um, couple of new sermon series coming up. We're not sure what order that's going to be, but um, dealing with the racial tension and the way God looks at it, the way we should look at it, Imago Day is one of the sermon series that's coming up. And really excited about that. Also, Jonah, uh, the walk through Jonah will be coming up. We're not sure what order those will be in, but uh, coming up in the next few weeks, those are a couple of things that uh, Pastor Matt will be hitting on. You know, I wondered if... Um, you know, just, hey, have there been some things that uh, maybe follow up from some of the guests that we had that we wanted to throw in the mix, Chris? So I don't know if there's anything you want to um, want to throw in or... Yeah, just a huge thank you. I mean, just just the leaders that we've had on um, and the ones that we haven't been able to get to yet, just a massive thank you to the sacrifice that, that they're making. Um, it really is making a difference. Um, I don't think me as as a when I was my first couple of weeks as a small group leader, I didn't realize the impact that just me being there would have. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a little quick side story. Sure. Um, first couple of weeks of my small group, uh, we had some families that came over from our as our small group multiplied, um, and so we kind of had like an embedded base, and we had some new families come in. So it was a real natural process. Um, and about six weeks in, um, we got home, and I looked at my wife, and I said. I, I'm in underwater. <laughs> and she looked at me like, what do you mean? And I said, every issue that we talked about tonight had to do with adoption, foster care, respite, um, blended families where, you know, the father had a child and the mother had a child. They have a child together now as well. And they're married. Um, single dad, so many wonderful stories, beautiful pictures of, of love, but yet they're still embedded difficulties mm-hmm. uh, there's there's just things that happen and um my wife and i haven't experienced that because you know, we, we we haven't been through adoption we haven't been through foster care um that's something that's been on our heart and that we obviously pray about a lot um but we're that's you know living through that is new we've been able to share and to love on others through these processes so anyway long story long <laughs> i was totally like i can't share and, and love in the way that I need to because I don't have the experience that they have. Mm-hmm. And so I reached out to a very, very close friend of mine um, who happened to be my elder as well, uh, Josh Lewis. Um, and I told him, I said, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I I, I think I took a wrong turn somewhere. <laughs> and he looked at me and he said, calm down. Uh, actually, he said, sit down and then calm down. He said, you know, God didn't call you to be a small group leader because you were equipped or you were capable or because you were skilled. He called you because he knew you would show up. Mm. I was like, I heard that. I was like, got it. Mm-hmm. As long as I'm there, they have a place to go. And yes. so that's that kind of difference you don't realize you're making in others' lives is so impactful. Mm. So I would just encourage you just to keep doing it. Yes. Um, I sat down with a couple of potential small group leaders yesterday, and we were dealing with some of that. And one of the things sometimes we don't realize from the outside is that we picture a need for a gift of teaching or something like that. And, um, you know, I've had a lot of experience leading small group ministries and observed those who were really strong teachers or had a gift for that. 
and others that might have a maybe a shepherding gift or some other gifts, and even looking at the giftings of the of a husband and wife who are co-leading a, a group, so to speak. And so I told them that I would much rather have a couple of guys leading a group who are loving Jesus, following Jesus, um, seeking to share life and be there for the group rather than somebody with a strong gift of teaching who was just going to get up and, and teach. You know, we, we get strong teaching in our, in our worship gatherings, and so our groups need to look a little bit different than mm-hmm. that. And so I want us as leaders to realize our people don't necessarily need a second, um, you know, teaching time. Let's, uh, That's right. let's do life with them and let's, uh, let's talk about what God's doing in our life and encouraging one another. And I'm, I'm back to Hebrews 10, which, uh, <laughs> which talks about <laughs> spurring one another on, encouraging one another. Mm-hmm. And that's what we can do in our groups. Um, sort of related to that, another thing I really want to say to our leaders is that you're going to be hearing some guests on here that are doing some specific areas with a high degree of excellence. And you might think the gap between where I am in my leadership and what they're doing is is big. <laughs> and so, you know, I had this conversation with a couple of guys yesterday. Hey, do the good things you're doing already or you're, you've seen your group doing and just start throwing in a tweak here and a tweak there to take you where you need to go. And, you know, life is like that. It's a journey. It's not that we go from zero to ten mm-hmm. at one time, but we just keep keep taking the next right step and headed in the right direction. And over the course of time, we'll be far down the road, way much, way farther than we realized Amen. that we would be. Absolutely. I, I struggled with that intimidation early and, and quickly realized that you know, you're absolutely right. You just have to be patient and and be willing to stay in it. Well, Chris, I'm about to pull the plug. We're we're at we're at no uh, yeah. no. <laughs> any any final words before I close this out? Anything else you really uh, wanted to say? Just blew up my thought process. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's leave that in so people will know how yeah. it really goes back here. So I'm going to assume, Chris, you don't have anything else to add before I close out. But I do. I just don't know what it is. <laughs> You see real life behind the mic right here. That's right. <laughs> and so instead of Chris cutting that, let's just leave it in and let it go. There we go. And you guys uh, see what it's like back here. But um, I just want to close by reminding you guys, let's keep the main thing the main thing. There are so many ways in this day and time we can get caught up with this or that. You know, mask or no mask. Like, how many hours can we argue about that? Seriously, does it matter? You know, um, we easy, doesn't matter we, that we argue. Not that's right. Not you need a mask. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah, we encourage you to wear a mask. You yeah. know, it's it's the way we show love for. As of right now, we do. It might right, change yes, next that's, week, that's depending so on our governor. Yes, that is so true. But um, at the end of the day, I just want to remind you: people need Jesus, and we are called to make disciples. Colossians two six is one of my favorite verses, and really just a summary of the middle part of that verse is: we need to help people find and follow Jesus. And so let's just always remember that. We help people find and follow Jesus. Thanks for being with us today. Well, that's all for this episode of the Great Groups Podcast. Please do subscribe on your favorite podcast app so that you won't miss the next episode. Also, visit us online at greatgroups.org and leave a comment there. We would love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening today. We'll be back next time with a conversation that inspires you to make disciples And that's the point of great groups, make disciples.